0: I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, August 25th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Peak Pals, the fact of the day today, the FOD, it's a bit self serving. So, YouTube released that 78% of US podcast listeners 13 and older use YouTube as their primary way of listening to shows, despite only launching a podcast page for users a few days ago. Now, This is a big change in behavior than what I'm used to and probably you are used to as well. You're likely listening to this podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and not on YouTube. And that's because we don't publish on YouTube. So I'm taking this basically as a sign that we should start putting the Peak Daily on YouTube. But my only concern, and I'm looking for your feedback on this, is that it'll be a lot less polished on YouTube than the product that you're used to getting here on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening right now. But maybe that's okay. I don't know. Let us know. We're on Twitter at ReadThePeak. And yeah, let us know if you'd like to hear it on YouTube. But besides listening to podcasts on YouTube, which you're not doing, but might be doing soon, we've got a great basket of stories for you today. For our first story, central bankers are meeting to discuss the economy. They're doing so in Jackson Hole. We'll get to that. For our second story, Gen Zs, they're quiet, quitting. You might be wondering what that is. I'll tell you. And for our last story, coffee might be getting more expensive. Not good. For our first story, it's been a rough week for markets as we wait for a vibe check on the economy coming out of the Federal Reserve's annual policy symposium, kicking off in beautiful Jackson Hole today. People, I'm told there are two seasons in Jackson Hole. There's ski season and central bank season, and we are well, well into central bank season. So here's what's happening. The policy symposium has become a forum for economic VIPs. I'm talking policymakers, central bankers from all around the world discuss the pressing economic issues, float new ideas, and make announcements that land the cover of the New York Times. And you better bet, our boy T-Mac, he's going to be there. Now, it's kind of like Coachella, except there are economists instead of influencers and speeches from central bankers instead of musical acts. Really, does sound like our type of party, peak pals. And look, when the who's who of economics get together to talk shop for three days at the Jackson Lake Lodge, you know Wall Street will be sitting on the edge of their seats waiting to hear what they have to say now here's why markets have tumbled this week as investors brace for jerome powell j Powell, the u.s federal reserve chair to confirm that the bank isn't finished hiking interest rates yet to slow inflation. Now, last year, he laid out why inflation might prove to be temporary, but since inflation is still very much a problem, the Fed is switching gears this year. There is a chance the power will commit to another large rate hike, but experts say stocks have a chance to rally if he delivers a less aggressive message. Now, so far, the S&P 500 and Canada's S&P TSX composite indexes that is a mouthful. Have fallen by 3% and 1% this week respectively in anticipation of a worst-case scenario which pals we don't don't want to see happen. But here's the big picture behind the Jackson Hole meeting and interest rates. Investors and economists are looking to get a sense of the path forward for US interest rate increases, especially since those decisions can rock countries even across the pond in good old the United States of Europe. Just kidding. pals it's just Europe. For our second story, there's a new trend gaining traction among hordes of disaffected workers. It's called quiet quitting, whispering, And no, it doesn't mean silently walking out of the office one day never to return. Although sometimes I wish that happens. But I I feel like I'm doing the opposite of, by the way, quiet quitting. I'm loudly working on this podcast for you, peak pals. But here is what the quiet revolution is all about. Quiet quitting isn't actually quitting. It's rejecting the notion of going above and beyond by doing what's in your job description and not a darn thing more. The origin of the term can be traced back to a Chinese social media post from April 2021, but it's now gone global after blowing up on where else? But your favorite and my favorite social media app, TikTok. Now, figures like Kevin O'Leary all the way to Ariana Huffington, well, they have spoken out against quiet quitting, but its supporters argue it's a way to reclaim work-life balance and fight toxic overwork culture. Now you might be wondering why is this happening? Well, over 21% of Canadian employees find their work engaging, according to Gallup's 2022 State of the Work Survey. I I sure do making this podcast. If you're wondering, Pete Pals, that paltry number is also the global average. Canadian workers are almost more stressed than ever, with 55% reporting feeling stressed, quote unquote, a lot of the day while on the job. That's 10% higher than the global average. Can you believe it or not? which is why this all matters. The trend may force employers to adapt to helping employees manage disengagement and burnout to stop that quiet quitting, which both lowers levels of productivity for businesses, but also helps employees. And basically that's the bottom line, which is it's unclear right now how much quiet quitting will help or hurt things, but it's growing popularity is an indictment of the current state of work. And for our last story, poor harvests in Brazil, this is tragic news, poor harvest in Brazil may start hitting your wallet where it hurts most, your daily cup of joe. Oof, inflation has been tough enough, but this is really hitting where it hurts because I'm a bit of a coffee addict myself. So a one-two punch of drought and unseasonable frost have depleted the expected yields of Brazilian Arabica beans, which make up 69% of the country's coffee crop. Now, when Frank Sinatra is saying they've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil, he was right on the money. The country is far and away the biggest coffee exporter in the world. An early official forecast projects Brazil will yield just $35.7 million bags of coffee for the 12 months starting last July. That's a 27% drop, though, from what analysts once predicted. Now, Vietnam, the world's second largest coffee producer of cheap Robusta beans, that's what they make there, is also seeing shortages right as global consumption outpaces production for the second year. And look... I don't have to tell any of the coffee fiends out there why this matters. Coffee prices have already perked up by 13.8% for Canadians as of June this year, and 71% of Canadians aged 18 to 79 enjoy a daily pot of bean juice, according to the Canadian Coffee Association, with, by the way, Java heads guzzling an average of 2.7 cups per day. That's a bit more than I do, but it's, a, it's around there, that's for sure. Which brings us, peak pals and coffee fiends alike, to the bottom line. From at-home instant to cafe lattes, which were, by the way, already way overpriced, prepare to shell out more than ever to get your daily caffeine fix. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not give this podcast a review or follow this podcast on your app of choice, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcast, and someday YouTube, and if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode.